all have good voices we have worship because he's worthy and a lot of times we have to have the the presence of the lord cultivated because all week long we're like styrofoam cups in a porcupine farm and we're getting poked and holes and drained out and we're getting circumstances and situations but i'll tell you what he is always working he is always working even when you don't see it he's working you can be seated for a minute you know i was reading last night in the book of uh, in the book of Joshua and it's something that we want you as as your pastors our goal is to do this is to equip you to be strong mighty men and women of faith we don't want wimpy 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 Christians we want strong men and women of faith who are not ashamed of the gospel or the power of the resurrection and in the Old Testament Joshua there's a transition of ministry from Moses to Joshua and the Word of God says this it says, and be strong and courageous because you, the Lord, will lead you, these people, to inherit the land that you swore to their forefathers. You know, God wants you to inherit something spiritually that your forefathers had. Do you know that? And the enemy is all about killing, stealing, and destroying, but God is all about giving you life and life abundantly. And God wants to speak into your spirits this morning and challenge you because it goes on and it says this. Do not let the book of the law, this book, depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then you'll be prosperous and successful. So the word tells us that if you want to be prosperous and successful, you get into the book and the book gets into you. You see, there's a, there's a, a, what they call a symbiotic relationship. You get into the word and the word gets into you. And the more you're in the word, the more you want to get in it. But the more you're in the word, the more the word's in you. Do you follow me? And what that does, that, that enables you to do all things. Jesus said that you and I would do greater things than him. Now, if we're not doing it, someone's not living up to their end of the bargain because I know the Lord wants to. And I know the Lord, the word of the Lord is true. So if we're not doing greater things than Jesus, where is the problem in the equation? It's not the Lord. It's us. So this morning I want to talk to you about going deeper in the Lord. You know, October is an interesting month. It's my wife's birthday. You know, it's also Halloween, which is kind of a weird holiday. You know, a, hol a holiday all about death and decay and 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 skeletons and weird stuff so we're going to do something in the spirit realm we're going to celebrate the month of the spirit but not of evil spirits but of the holy spirit yeah and we're going to celebrate a month of speaking on the holy spirit because we're going to be having a holy spirit retreat for those of that haven't been filled with the spirit but i tell you what i'm i'm hoping we could just cancel it because by the time we have the event everyone's going to be filled with the spirit and you know, the Lord wants you to go deeper in Him. And the only way you get deeper is you drill. The only way you get deeper is you have to say, you know, there's a barrier between me and the goal of where I want to be. There's a barrier between where I'm at and where I know I should be or know where I want to be. Or know where the Lord wants me to be. And so what we got to do is we got to drill down through that. we got to drill through that and press in. And you know, that comes from the Word. That comes from prayer. But you know, as a believer, that's just the beginning. The beginning of our relationship with the Lord is when he forgives us of our sin, we're cleansed, we read the Bible. You know, I love when I talk to someone that just comes to faith 
and they read something in the scripture and they're like, wow, that was amazing. That story was like, I can't believe that happened. And I read it and I got so excited and it kept wanting me to read more. You know, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're going to get it. Whatever you hunger for, you're going to try whatever you can to satisfy that hunger. And if you want more of the Lord, you got to press in, folks. you got to just press into Him. And there's a word I want to focus in on, just on our encouragement this morning, is the word abandonment. You know, what are you willing to abandon to get closer to the Lord? You know, I talk to people all the time and they're like, you know, man, I just don't have time to read the Word. But I can sit down and watch a three-hour football game. I can go shopping for four or five hours. I can, I can go out and play golf for four hours. I could do this for four hours. I could sit in the garage and do nothing for three or four hours. I could work on my car. I could do this. I could do that. But the most important thing the Lord wants you to have is intimacy with Him. And intimacy only comes by spending time. And I want to challenge us because, I, you know, this morning we sang a couple different songs that really talk about emptying ourselves and finding the Lord in the midst of it emptying ourselves in the midst of that. And and when I talk about abandonment, I'm talking about knowing this, that the Lord has every step you will ever take planned for you. He knows where you're going to go, where you're going to be, what you're going to do. He he orders your steps is what scripture says. And part of the ordering is the steps is you want you to walk in alignment with him. And when you're out of alignment, have you ever tweaked your back, you know, tweaked your neck, sleep on your pillow wrong and you get up and you're like this you know your neck's all what do you have to do you have to be realigned and that's what the Lord wants for us he wants us to be realigned to him he wants us to press in to him to see him like we've never seen him before he wants us to know him like we've never known him before because if you continue to read Joshua it's interesting he says and then the people answered Joshua Whatever you have commanded us to do, listen to this. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. You know what that is? That's total abandonment. That's saying, God, I don't know where you're sending me, but you know what? I don't need to know where I'm going because I know the one that's with me. I don't need to know what, I don't need to know what tomorrow is because I know who holds the future in his hands. I don't need to know what is going to happen next because I know the one that is the one who spoke everything into existence. And I want to challenge us as a body of believers to really press in to this relationship in the, that Joshua's people had. You know, Scripture says this in, in Matthew, Take no thought for tomorrow, for your heavenly Father knows all your needs. The Proverbs says this, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. Proverbs also says, Commit your ways to the Lord, and all your, way, all your ways will be established. In the psalmist it says, Commit your ways to the Lord, trust in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. What is it that you have that you really feel the Lord wants you to do, that you just need to press in? What is it? You got that? You got that thing that's right there that you're saying, Lord, I want you to do this? Well, let's trust the Waymaker. Let's trust the Promise Keeper. Let's trust our mighty God. Let's trust the one who can do abundantly above what we imagine or ask. Let's practice abandoning what we have to the Lord. Worship team, I want you to sing that. We're going to pray over you this morning. 
We're going to pray. Whatever that is, I want you just to raise your hand. Raise it up to the Lord like you're making us an offering to him. Lord, right now, we just lift that to you. We lift it to you, God, because you are the mighty God. You are the God that can take those things that seem impossible and you make them possible. Lord, I pray you'd break down every barrier. Lord, if it's a barrier outside of us, break it down. If it's a barrier inside of us, we ask you break it down in us. Let us know that you can do exceedingly abundantly above what we imagine or ask. And Lord, we just release this to you, God. I pray we'd be like the people in Joshua's time who are strong and courageous in you. And we, Lord, we give this over to you. We put our trust in you. We abandon these things to you, God, because you want to draw us close to you, Father. In the name that is above every name, amen. Don't you believe that is who he is? He is the way maker. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad you've got the God of the universe on your side today? Aren't you glad you don't have to depend in your own strength? You can depend upon the strength of the Lord? Aren't you glad you don't have to just do it all yourself? But he's given you the spirit of God to empower you, to walk with you. Wherever you may be, he's there with you. Amen? Are you happy today? You know what? This is like a line dance song. I don't know if you got it. I'll sing. Come on. How many of you have ever been line dancing before? That's just a line dancing song, isn't it? No, I'm not going to make you line dance, but it would be fun if we did. Thank you, worship team. Amen. You may be seated. Come on. Joy in the house. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Amen. Now, if anybody needs to be happy, it's me because I'm turning 54. On October 17, yeah, so I've been a believer for 50 years because I got saved when I was four years old and never left Jesus. You don't have to leave Jesus. So those of you that work with children know that when they give their lives to Jesus, doesn't matter if they're two, three, four, five, six, ten, whatever, that it can stick and they, they can be faithful to the Lord. Come on. Come on, it's the enemy's lie that they got to go out there and find out what the world, what they don't need. That's a lie. doesn't need to happen. People can stay with Jesus. Samuel stayed with Jesus. There's a, an anointing for children to stay with Jesus. They don't need to go out and get all damaged and screwed up by the world. Amen. Somebody told you a lie. Somebody deceived you if you believe that, that they have to go out and find something else, that they have to have a season of rebellion. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Come on. <laughs> Are you guys ready? God's going to do some good stuff today. You know, and I'm in a new season. I'm in a new season. And you know, one thing about a new season is that you graduate to a new season of what you don't know. You don't graduate to a season of a new season that you do know. It's a new season of what you don't know. Because that's the concept of new. That I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to experience something new. I'm ready to know more. And so one word that came to Pastor David and I is, do we want to remain in our old season that where we have it all down pat? Or do we want to graduate to a new season where we have to become like children again to learn and to humble yourself? Some of us want to stay in the old season because we got that. I got that down. But the Lord's pulling us into a new season. 
to humble ourselves. That's why, you know, one thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we will have that retreat, by the way, whether everybody's filled or not, I'm going to get some people there. Some need to get filled more. That's another sermon. But anyway, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. But one thing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is people always question, why do you have to speak in tongues? It's like, but the truth is the most humbling thing for somebody to step over the threshold of speaking in other tongues. Why? Because you got to be like a child. You got to be like a child. I got to go to the bush. I got to say things that I don't like really my mind. I'm like, this does not make sense to me. I got to humble myself. See, there's a new season. God has his church in a new season. And actually, oh, it's a, it's a new season. Um, I had a word. Somebody gave me a word last week about this house. Because sometimes, to be honest, can I be just honest with you? Can I just like lay bare? Will you guys just run out if I get too honest? Okay. Sometimes I get tired of empty seats. And I said, and Pastor David, he spoke the very first scripture he said in Isaiah 54. He said, enlarge, sing, O barren woman. Enlarge the place of your territory because you're going to have children. And I looked, I sat here and I said, I feel barren, Lord. That seems pretty barren over here. And the Lord just spoke to my heart, says, you are no longer going to be barren. No longer going to be barren. And I, of course, said, well, Lord. And that's why he's working even when you don't see it. Because sometimes I'm looking around, really, Lord? That looks pretty barren to me. Especially when it's 10 o'clock sharp. Uh, (coughs) New season, people. New season. I told you I was going to get real and honest here. Now you're stepping on my toes. You don't know what I go through to get here, Vaseline. Okay. Come on. I'm just telling you what I went through last Sunday, okay? So I had a word. Somebody came not knowing my word that the Lord spoke. So I told David on our way to lunch, we took the missionaries out for lunch. I said, David, you prophesied right to me. It was like a rhema word to me when you said that scripture. And I've heard that scripture. I've preached that scripture. But you gave me that rhema word. And it was like the Holy Spirit just coming and gripping me. And then I got a word from somebody who had no idea. It was actually the missionaries, one of the missionaries. She said, Lynn, God spoke to me something about this. I just want to share it with you. And she shared to me how the Lord was going to fill this house. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, you know what? I hope your people are ready. <laughs> That's what she said. I said, you know what? I'm ready. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I desire. And one thing about people who are, are, are receiving people, fruitful people multiply. Trees are to bear fruit. If you're a fruit tree, you're to bear fruit, right? Amen. So I just say all that to say we're going to get into the word. Today is the day that I'm going to talk about giving me this mountain of deception because possibly some of the th- reasons why we are not reproducing or multiplying could be a, uh, some deception we may have in our mind about things or in our spirit about things. Randy, thank you for your men's ministry uh, retreat advertisement because the Lord does have something powerful for the men at that retreat it's going to be there's going to be something powerful that's going to happen so you need to show up if we don't show up god can't show up for us we got to show up so he'll show up he wants to show up he's saying will you show up 
Will you show up? Isaiah 61, it's not on the, te- on the screen, but as I was praying, the Lord said, Arise, shine, for the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. God's glory removes darkness. There cannot be God's glory and darkness at the same time. You cannot live in the shade and in God's glory at the same time. God's truth and his presence and glory removes darkness. And deception is one way that the enemy and the world wants us to live in darkness. See, the enemy wants to keep you in darkness, whatever that might be, even if it's partial shade, partial shade. But it's the truth that sets you free. And today, we need to open ourselves to say, Lord, I will receive the truth today. I'm going to come out of the dark. I'm going to face maybe some true untruth, some deception that I didn't know I was deceived about maybe, that you're going to bring me into truth. Now, this is the thing about our world right now. There's just like, there's seasons of the church. There's seasons of time. There is a time when the end will come. There is a time when already known by the Father, God, that the end will come. There is, God is outside of time, but we are not. We are not outside of time. And I was talking with my husband yesterday about just the things of the Lord. And I feel like right now in the church, there is a great divide happening. Actually, in the world, the great divide happening. Because over a season of time, the church has incorporated the things of the world, believing for some strange reason that it was somehow a bridge to get the people from the world into the church. But what actually happened, the world got into the church. And so we started saying things like, let's not have the Holy Spirit around because they might offend the world, which are the people. And the fact is this, that's deception. And what it did over a season, and it's been a a decadal season, it has weakened the people of God. So now many believers, many people who consider themselves Christians, Do not believe the word of God and the things in the word of God like they should. They have incorporated the thoughts of the world and put those thoughts about certain things as a priority, having more emphasis, more more quality to it than the word of God. And that's deception. And we are in that type of world. One way that's nurtured is through the different portholes that have been opened. See, now more than ever, we have portholes of information that we feed. We have a live stream of the world in our lives. More now than ever, we have access to information and ways for the world to give us advice about our lives. And there is a streaming process constantly into our lives by the very, the many portholes that have been opened. And what has happened to many of us is that we have adopted the world's point of view regarding areas of our own life, not even knowing it sometimes. And the fact is this, the enemy loves to deceive through partial truth. The enemy loves to deceive through partial truth, which is a lie. The enemy likes to deceive through worldly wisdom. 
human philosophies that cultivate, and they kind of sound good, but it's actually agreement with worldly thinking. Who's behind the worldly thinking? The enemy is. Just remember, even in the story in Genesis, what were the people able to do without God? They were able to build a tower called Babel. And, and God stopped it by confusing the languages because he said, look what the people can do. The fact is this, because we're all made in the image of God. This is not even in my notes. We're all made into the image of God. We can do pretty great things because we're made in the image of God. There's great creativity that comes from people who don't even know their creator, yet they are still made in the image of God. But the fact is, the enemy likes to seize that creativity and twist it and create deception and create portholes that we can feed on that deception. And the Lord wants us to not live in the shade. He does not want us to believe a lie. He wants us to walk in his truth. My job to you is to entice you to be hungrier, more and more hungry for Jesus. Because I want you to be a muscle believer. There is now a time, the great divide is happening. The great divide is even happening in the church or people who call themselves Christians. Of those who say, I will believe in the word of God as my standard and those who will feed on other things and compromise the world, word compromise with the world there is a great divide happening and in my spirit as a minister having served the lord as a minister for 30 years i know without a shadow of a doubt that this great divide is happening and that's why pastor david and i are committed to make this church be a house of righteousness an oak of righteousness not for just this generation but for your children and for your grandchildren Because the end times are amongst us. The end times are amongst us. And we will not be the frog in the kettle that lives in the world and eats of the world and feasts of the world with our faith being tested and us not rising to the occasion. See, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy our faith. He already has the people of the world, but he wants the children of God. He wants the children of God. See, we know we're deceived when we echo the world's response. And the answer that we're echoing is contrary to the word of God. Come on, listen to me. We have problems. You have problems. We have trials. We have tribulations. We have circumstances. Where do we go when we have those things? And the fact is this. There are a lot of lives streaming into our minds and thoughts. Are we echoing the world's response rather than what the word of God says? Because the world is ready and available to advise us on what to do. And they advocate things that are contrary, contrary to the word of God. See, because the world wants to appeal to our ego. The world wants to appeal to our human abilities. 
our fleshly desires. Even the world wants to appeal to our fears so that we will listen to the world and do what the world wants us to do. So we won't trust in the Lord. But we are not to adopt the thoughts of the world, the deceptions of the world. Because behind, even if it's partial truth, we are not to adopt it. Because behind it is the enemy's deception to get us to depend upon the world's philosophies. And scripture says, and this is one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We take every thought captive and bring it under Christ Jesus. All the philosophies and arguments of the world, we bring those under Christ and say, are they in alignment with your word? Come on. I have talked with so many believers who are deceived. And we will not be deceived. We will take down that mountain of deception. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. And we're going to walk in that. And I'm going to build your, I'm going to do everything possible with the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the obedience of the Holy Spirit to work that muscle in you. I will not step back. I will go forward until I die. I told the Lord, Nick, I will, when I stand before the Lord, just like Randy was saying about the ministry that God has called you, you will stand before the Lord and you will give account to what he has given to you and what he has called you to do. And I will give account. And every time I minister to you, I say, I know I'm going to give an account to my Jesus. And when I give an account, I'm going to say, Lord, I gave it all. I gave it all. And so shall you. All right. Amen. 54 sounds awful good. I'm going to repeat a story that we, I referred to when we had a time of prayer a couple weeks ago when we did just a time of prayer And it's a story found in Judges, the story of Jephthah. And the reason why I'm going back to the story, because when I read it, it was, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing me back, bringing me back, bringing me back to the story. So I'm going to Judges chapter 11, verse 1. Jephthah was one of the judges that God called out to help deliver Israel. Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty warrior. His father was Gilead. His mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when they grew and when they were grown up, they drove Jephthah away. You are not going to get any inheritance in our family, they said, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and settled in the land of Tob, where a gang of scoundrels gathered around him and followed him. Anybody that can take a gang of scoundrels and make them into mighty warriors you got an anointing sometime later when the ammonites were fighting against israel the elders of gilead went to get jephthah from the land of top who did the elders of gilead remember the ones that booted him their brothers come they said (laughs) be our commanders so we can fight the ammonites let's stop there this guy jephthah This guy, Jephthah, belonged to the house of Israel. He was a mighty warrior. And yet, the first thing that we find out about him is that he was rejected by his brothers because of who his mother was. He was told by them, you will not receive an inheritance. But when the brothers became in trouble, 
They went and retrieved their brother, this mighty warrior, born of a prostitute. They went and got him. Now, I want to, to highlight something here. See, Jephthah was already served notice by humans around him that he did not deserve his inheritance. You will not, they said so proudly, you will not receive your inheritance. See, they had already decreed over his life because they did, he didn't fit what they thought he should fit, that he's not going to get their, his inheritance. And yet it was Jephthah was the one who had the revelation that Israel was to go get their inheritance that God had already won for them. And God uses the very man that they say, you can't have your inheritance. You will not have an inheritance. God uses that very man to help them get the inheritance. I want you to note something. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter who your parents were or were not. It doesn't matter what your past is like. When God is part of your story... When you have received Jesus into your heart, you have an inheritance. And it doesn't matter what other people say. Jesus purchased for you an inheritance. Quit listening to what your family says about you, what your past says about you, whatever negative thing comes against you. You have an inheritance. So Jephthah arises as judge for Israel, and he confronts this king, the king of the Ammonites. And it was said by the Ammonites that Israel had taken away their land when they came out of Egypt. Now he's referring way back to when they had left Egypt and come through. So the, the, the Ammonites are accusing them of taking their land. But they were lying, trying to deceive, because Israel did not, according to the text... Israel did not take their land when they came out of Egypt, but rather they bypassed their land and took the land of the Amorites. So this is what Jephthah says to the king of the Ammonites when he has accused him of this. Judges eleven thirteen, And the Ammonites king replied to the messengers of Jephthah, It is because Israel took away my land when they came up from Egypt from the river Arnon, as far as the Jabbok and east of the Jordan. So now return those lands peaceably. So he's saying, you have something that belongs to me. Judges eleven fourteen. But Jephthah sent messengers again to the king of the Ammonites, and they said to him, this is what Jephthah says. Israel did not take the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. What I have does not belong to you. Now, what's going on here? The enemy is trying to guilt Jephthah and Israel out of their inheritance. Try to what? Guilt them out. And there is a sense here from this king, the king of the Ammonites, that there is some sort of authority or entitlement that he should get back what what Jephthah believes belongs to him. It's a false authority coming against Jephthah. The enemy was saying to Jephthah and Israel, the land you currently are taking belongs to me. And the enemy is trying to say, you're doing something wrong, Jephthah, by taking this land. You're doing something wrong. See, he's trying to deceive Jephthah. 
and Israel. You do not deserve that victory. That land doesn't belong to you. That's not your inheritance. That's what the enemy was saying. See, deception can happen through guilt provocation. The enemy can try to make you feel guilty for trying to gain victory. Ooh. See, this king was trying to manipulate Jephthah. You do not deserve that territory. It doesn't belong to you. You don't deserve that victory. You don't deserve that freedom. You don't deserve that prosperity. You don't deserve that blessing. It doesn't belong to you. See, but the fact is, Jephthah says, no, this land was purchased, was fought for, was won for us by our God. See, isn't that what the enemy says to you and me? Tries to deceive us by trying to convince us that there's territory in our lives that belong to him. It's always been mine, so it belongs to me. No enemy, it does not belong to you. It was purchased for me by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm coming to get it because it was purchased for me. Don't fall into the trap of guilt by the enemy. Your victory does belong to you. See, the enemy wants to tell you that power does not belong to you. That power of the Holy Spirit doesn't belong to you. That authority that you're walking in, mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever, doesn't belong to you. You shouldn't be walking in authority. Land, you should not be walking in authority. See, that's from the enemy. Even other Christians who are in bondage themselves, who have not yet received freedom, walking in freedom, they want, they don't want you to walk in that victory because they have not yet captured that victory, had the revelation of that victory. And it irritates them. How can you be walking in that victory? The world doesn't want you to walk in your victory. Why do you have victory? The fact is this. The enemy, the world, carnal people want you to remain outside of your inheritance. But that is not the Lord's destiny for you. Not in any area of your life. Do you hear me? Not in any area of your life are you to remain out of the inheritance that Jesus Christ has for you. You are to receive everything Christ has rescued you from. You are to receive everything Christ has for you. He has rescued you. He has given you victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this Old Testament story gives us that revelation as well. It undergirds what the New Testament says about what Jesus did for our lives. So what do we learn from Jephthah? He doesn't fall into this trap of guilt-provoking deception. He doesn't fall into it. Judges 11.23 says, And now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed and driven out the Amorites 
from before his people Israel. So why should you possess it? That's what he says. The God of Israel has done this for us. Why should I give this back to you? Jesus Christ paid for this on the cross. Why should I hand it back to the enemy? The enemy should not have any control over you. The enemy should not possess any area of your life. Why should the enemy possess anything that Jesus has purchased for you? Every area. We are to take it, receive it, dwell in it. The truth, the territory of every part of our lives belongs to God. And he has given us an inheritance. And we have to get sick and tired of listening to the enemy. The enemy is out to deceive you so that you will not enter into the inheritance that you have. You will not dwell in the inheritance that you have. See, he can't, not, he can't really steal it from you in a sense. He just wants to keep you from dwelling in it. He just wants to keep you outside of it by deception, by whispering in your ear. You're not good enough. You don't deserve that. Judges eleven twenty four and everything that the Lord our God disp- dispossessed before us, we will possess everything, not some things, not partial things, but everything, everything. Will you get it in your spirit? Will you get it in your spirit when you leave this house and walk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Get it in your spirit that everything that the Lord our God dispossessed before us, we will possess. And we have to take captive the lies that we cannot possess it. Do you hear me? See, you can get prayed for a million times up here. You can have anointing oil dripping from your clothes. Pastor Lynn can dance around you and touch your head a hundred million times. But until you take captive the lie, that lie, you have to take captive the lie. I can't take captive that lie for you. You have to take captive that lie and bring it under submission to Christ Jesus. Colossians 2.15 is what the New Testament says. And there's a lot in that scripture. I just pulled out a portion of it. Colossians 2.15. And Jesus, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Your enemy has been disarmed. Your enemy has been humiliated. So you are to receive everything Christ has done for you. You're not to walk in guilt. The enemy says you don't deserve it. You shouldn't have it. You sinned too much. You did the wrong things too much. But Christ's blood covered your sins made you a new creation, and you walk in that inheritance. Some of the people who have the hardest time walking in the inheritance are the religious ones. See, because somehow religion kind of gets integrated that we have to do something in ourselves. It somehow becomes something we're to do. 
Christ already paid for it, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we walk in it. And the religious folk were kind of a little bit like Jephthah's brothers. Okay, listen. This one, I mean, no, it's his Holy Spirit right now. Jephthah's brother said, you weren't good enough to receive your inheritance because you were born of a prostitute. <laughs> Jephthah's brother said that. For some reason, they thought they were good enough because they had the right line. They had the right mom. And the mom in Hebrew culture is very important, who your mom is. See, that's the religious spirit. Jephthah, you don't deserve your inheritance. It doesn't belong to you because you don't have the right line. And yet Jephthah had the revelation from God. I'm going to go get that inheritance. It belongs to me and to my brothers. He believed the word of the Lord. The fact is this. Deception can even happen through scriptural misinterpretation or misapplication. Let me just touch on this just a little bit. See, the enemy will even try to misconstrue scripture to get you to not walk in your power and authority. The enemy will even try to misconstrue scripture to get you to not walk in your power and authority. It's important that we have healthy community, healthy theology, proper study tools, being in healthy relationship with people and a healthy body because we don't want false doctrines, false religions or bondages to sin or bondages to legalism. But it's interesting. So like where do you get that the enemy can deceive through misconstruing scripture? Well, I actually get it from Jesus. Because when Jesus was experiencing his temptations, the third temptation, the enemy comes to him and he quotes scripture at Jesus. Luke chapter 4 verse 9. Then he led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple, and said mockingly to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written and forever remains written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard and protect you, and they will lift you upon their hands so that you, will, so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. Psalms 91. Jesus replied to him, It is said in Scripture, you shall not tempt the Lord your God to prove himself to you. When the devil had finished every temptation, he temporarily left him until a more opportune time. What's going on here? What's going on here with the use of Scripture? See, the enemy is trying to use Scripture to manipulate and deceive Jesus. Psalms 91 is a beautiful, anointed, Holy Spirit-written Scripture. And yet, it's the enemy that wants to take this scripture and use it wrongly. To detour and destroy the mission and the purpose of Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to live in submission to him under the bondage to him. The fact is this. Many wrong teachings and bondages have been birthed through religion and misapplication and misinterpretation of scripture. To keep people in bondage, to control people, to manipulate them, to keep them in guilt, to keep them in shame, to keep them legalistic, to keep them even worldly. It goes both ways. Legalism, the world. 
But I want to say beware of someone trying to bind you up, trying to control you with legalism, misusing Scripture to try to control you. Because you have been made free to be used by God for righteous purposes. And many times people using this type of way to control other people, they're walking in bondage themselves. And they're not walking in their inheritance. They're not walking in freedom. They are threatened by others who are walking in the inheritance that Jesus has purchased for them. They're fearful. They're intimidated. Maybe they just have an area of healing, that they, a place that they need healing themselves. And that what happens is that they get stirred by the freedom that you're walking in. They get stirred by the power and authority that you're walking in. And they want to shut it down. See, the fact is this, when there is no grace in community, and and a lot of times this happens when there's not a gracious community, it's a red flag. It's a red flag when there's not a gracious community. When people are giving, listen to this, when people are giving more power to sin than they give to the power of Jesus' blood on the cross. We are not to give more power to sin than to Jesus' blood who has canceled sin, who has destroyed sin. Listen, sin is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus and the work of Jesus on the cross. Amen. I just feel like I need to stop here because deception can be through people putting on you something. Have you ever had somebody come in and quote you a scripture and they're kind of like putting it on you? You know what I mean? And you know the spirit is wrong. It's a little condemning. It's a little accusing. Come on. Now, not here. We don't do that here, of course. But we don't want to have that spirit here, right? Amen? 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 Not in any of our areas of our our lives, right? Not in any areas of our ministry. But we have to watch for that. And we want to have healthy community because we don't want deception to take place. Healthy community is very important. Listen, it's very important for you to be a part of a healthy community of faith because that is one of the ways God protects you from deception. We're looking out for each other. It's also important that you watch the fruit of people's lives. The fruit of people's lives. Some people say, all I need is just to live stream this church I love over in Georgia. And the fact is this, you don't know those people 360 degrees. You don't see their backside. Your faults are carried on your backside. Did you know that? Not the places you see. Places that we have to grow a lot of times. We don't know about yet. Healthy community is relationship. And 360 degree relationship is people see my backside. That's what one thing, one deception that's in this world right now is I don't need healthy relationship. Just that one dimensional thing that I see on a flat screen or on a phone. That is not healthy relationship, people. That is not healthy relationship. When people, when, we, when people minister to you, when you receive from people and you should receive from others, it is not, we are not an island of ourselves, but you are to receive from healthy people. How do you know somebody's healthy unless you watch their life? You don't know. Their life and doctrine, as Paul writes to Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely. 
See, this is the fact. We, healthy community must be a priority to prevent deception in our lives. Jesus speaks of, of people and their lives. Matthew 7, 16. By their, fr- by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. I'm going to challenge us. I'm going to challenge all of us that we have to, as we are, as we are embarking in this time in the church and in the world, that we are to beware of people who are speaking into our lives that are not bearing good fruit. Listen, how many of you like to go out to eat? Raise your hand. Some of you are such good cooks, you all say, no cook can cook as good as me, so you stay home a lot. Praise God for you. Your husband is lucky. Or your wife. However, that's not the case in my house. And we go to restaurants. We go to hole in walls We go to all kinds of restaurants. But I'm going to tell you, the food could taste good, but if the cook didn't wash their hands, I'm going to get sick. Come on, people. I don't know what's going on in the kitchen back there. I don't know what's going on in the kitchen back there. But the fact is this. The food can taste good. It can appeal to you. But if that cook didn't wash their hands like they should have, you can get sick. That's what Jesus is talking about. Come on. We want to make sure the person that's preparing the food is a clean vessel. Come on. There are unclean vessels. You know what? A great deception. I am preaching to you. Because the word of God says great deception will happen in the last days. Not so here in this house. We're going to be true to the word of God. True in all ways to the word of God. Grace-filled people are healthy people. Healthy community hold one another accountable. We are people who don't judge one another. We restore one another. Mature spiritual people do not condemn others. They restore others. Galatians 6, 1, it's not up here, says, Paul writes, You who are spiritual, restore gently those who have fallen or have overtaken in a fault. We are restorers. We love people. We bind up their wounds. Let us go after our own deceptions in our own spirits. Oh, that person seems to see. What about me? Lord, is there any area in my life that I lack grace for others? Am I deceived? Have you opened up your thought life to the thoughts of the world? Have you opened up your thought life to other religions, false teachings, spiritualism? Spiritualism, this is interesting. Because there is like a merging waters of spiritualism and Christian concepts and Christian and it's all one. And you know what? I'm going to challenge you to really ask yourself, have I opened myself up to deception by a porthole that I opened up? could be unintentional. Have I opened up my mind to a porthole of deception? 
because I have tasted of things that I should not have tasted of that are against God, that are accessing principalities and powers from other religions. I'm getting real with you. Because America has become a multi Polyism, polyism, many gods. You beware, beware. You need to, and you know what? If you have, if you have, and you know, you can do it through some different types of meditations that are not, Scripture advocates that we are to meditate, but we are not to empty our mind. We are, that is never what Scripture advocates. We are to meditate on what, Pastor Dave? The Word of God, day and night. And if you have opened up yourself to some portholes, and you wonder why you experience confusion in your life, you need to denounce those things. I'm just going to hit hard. You need to denounce those things. You need to go back and say, Lord, forgive me. I denounce the things that I opened my mind up to. See, the portholes like that can grow like a disease in your mind. A disease in your mind that stirs anxiety. Why do we have so much anxiety? Because we got portholes to our minds. Destroying the sound mind that Christ has purchased for you. He purchased a sound mind for you. Come on, Jesus. You're sitting here. You're saying hello. Go, Lynn, go. Okay. 2 Timothy 1 6. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1 6 says this. For this reason, this is Paul writing to Timothy, Pastor. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline or a sound mind deception steals a sound mind by the way deception steals a sound mind but being full of the holy spirit transforms your mind so that you have a sound mind why does this scripture say that you're to fan into flame fan into every day fan into so i walk with a sound mind See, deception is destroyed by the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Deception is destroyed. But that's why people run. Well, that church has too much Holy Spirit for me. I'm out of here. How many times have I heard that? Too bad, too sad. We're keeping the Holy Spirit in it. You'll be back. You'll be back. After you found no answers everywhere else, you'll be back. See, the stirring of the Holy Spirit destroys deception why because the holy spirit leads us where into all truth and you don't need to have a timid spirit or a spirit of fear because the holy spirit is stirring in you that you would have that sound mind the world does not want you to have a sound mind the enemy is the author of confusion over the mind And the world and the enemy wants to speak in a way that is in a false authority. So they speak like they're in authority, but they're in a false authority. Oh, this is how you solve the problem. This is how you drink this, do this, take this drugs. 
Woo! And then you get all the little things that they say after the drug. Well, you know what it says? You're going to have suicidal thoughts. You're going to have constipation. You know, it's kind of like, really? Really? That's your answer? That's the world's answer. See, but I'm telling you today, just like Jephthah said, that you are to possess everything that God has dispossessed or taken back for you. And that is a sound mind. You are to live in power. You are to live in love. And you are to live with a sound mind. Because a sound mind comes from life in the Holy Spirit. Not a life in the world. Not a life in the flesh. Not slave to sin. But a life in the Spirit. And you have, listen, you have the power to cultivate the sound mind. You have power to cultivate the sound mind. Some of you don't believe. You've been deceived that you can't have a sound mind. You can have a sound mind. It's not just for a certain group that Jesus said, oh, these guys get this and you don't. No, he purchased that for you. And perfect love cast out all fear. 1 John 4, 18. This has to do with the sound mind. There is no fear in love. See, because remember, for Timothy says you have love, power, sound mind. 1 John 4, 18. We can say, oh, you know what? God must not love me as much because I am, my mind is just everywhere. No, God loves you. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect in love. Punishment has to do with religion. Religion likes to punish. Jesus came to forgive and free. Now, let me tell you, there's a part of this that you also have to know. Because earlier in 1 John, and it's not up here, but 1 John 1, 9, just write that down, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteous acts. See, we are cleansed, but we have to confess. Sometimes our mind is confused because we are in denial of some things that we have to confess. Oh, listen, you can be free from that, but you got to confess because we humble ourselves when we confess our sins. But you're not rejected in that confession. You're embraced with his perfect love that casts out all fear. I will not reject you. I will free you from that sin. I will free you from that confusion. I will free you from those things that happen as a result of that sin. See, you are free from your sin. You are free from your guilt and shame. And you have an inheritance of the perfect love of God, and you are to live in the combination of power, love, and a sound mind. That is how you are to live power, love, and a sound mind. And that sound mind is the mind of peace, the shalom of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us with a sound mind. Romans 8, 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. How does the Holy Spirit's baptism assist us with a sound mind? See, the fact is this. You will suffer pain in life. You will have sorrows and pain. 
It is an emotionally healthy response to pain to feel sorrow. It's emotionally healthy. Actually, um, Randy was talking about our soul and our spirit. And our soul is our emotional center. But our soul should not be the place that controls us. And there are times in life where we are overwhelmed in our soul because of pain, sorrow, brokenness, tragedy, calamity. There are times when we are overwhelmed in our soul. We may even in our soul feel angry at God. We may even feel doubtful. We may feel, have feelings that are very negative. But see, this is the thing. This is what the Holy Spirit does. My soul. And the Holy Spirit says, let me take over. Let me take over. Let me take over. Let me take over. And your spirit rises above your soul. Your spirit rises over. So that's why when you're, you're in pain, you're sorry, I don't know how to pray. But then you begin to speak in other tongues. He's like, Lord, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray for my child. I don't know how to pray over the situation. I don't know how to pray. And as you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness. My mom suffered from severe depression. I've told you this story, suicidal severe depression when I was born. And she tried to commit suicide with her children in her car, me as an infant. And she was a pastor's wife. So I know these things happen. But the Lord came to her through a prophetic person and spoke a word over her life and broke that off. But how did she defeat that depression. And she will tell you herself. I defeated it. And didn't hand it to the next generation. Through praying in the spirit. When my soul was down. I began to pray. I began to pray. Until I had victory again. I began to pray until I believed God again. It may have been a tragedy. It may have been a sorrow. But I said you know what. I'm not going to let that sorrow overtake me. And bring me into the pit of despair. But rather my spirit. The Holy Spirit would come. And pray. Through me. And I'm going to tell you. It is a gift that you need to have. In your life. Because the enemy will have things come against you. This broken world will have things come against you. But pray in the spirit. Ephesians 6.12 says. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers. Against the powers. Against the world forces of this darkness. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And heavenly supernatural places. So put on the armor of God. I want to say one other thing. Your sound mind, you, God has given you an inheritance of a sound mind and restful sleep. There are people in this room, you don't have restful sleep. See, when we sleep, the physical is in submission during sleep. In REM, rapid eye movement, the brain chemicals paralyze skeletal muscles during rapid eye movement. But also, but your spirit is still awake. So your body is asleep. And even your mind, parts of your mind are still awake as well. At night when your body is at rest, your spirit is awake. And that's why many attacks can come in the night during sleep. 
But there's also good things that can come in the night. God's word to you. Dreams from the Lord. Awakenings to pray. God even can bring creative thoughts or solutions. Sometimes our greatest creativity comes when our body is at rest. Aha moments. Oh, that's what I need to do. But what I want to tell you is you are to have healthy, restful sleep. That is part of your inheritance. You are to receive rest. Insomnia, perpetual insomnia is an enemy to health and emotional, mental, even spiritual well-being. Insomnia. Proverbs 3.24 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Psalms 4, 7, fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, for you alone, Lord. We are to have rest. And and this is a thing. Some of you are deceived that believe you aren't to have rest. That that's not part of your inheritance. But your inheritance involves your ability to sleep. Psalms 127, 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. What kind of toil? What's a big word in our society right now? Anxiety. For he gives to his beloved what? What? What does he give to you? Sleep. Sleep is needed for a sound mind. And you can take authority over tax on your rest. Some of you in this room, the Lord wants to touch your ability to sleep. Some of you cannot sleep or you don't sleep restful, or it's not very common that you sleep restful. Now, I want, you to, I want to say something here. I'm in a hurry. You need to obey the Lord in this. And sometimes we don't sleep because we are maybe procrastinating something God has asked us to do. We're not surrendered in a certain area, and it keeps coming up. And that's why we're not sleeping, because we haven't obeyed. It's not always that way. I'm not telling you that that's what's happening to you. But I'm saying you need to ask the Lord, am I obeying you in an area of my life? Maybe the Holy Spirit's wanting to get your attention to act. The fact is this, though. The Lord has given you the inheritance of rest and sleep. Is he asking you to cast all your cares on him? Some of you, you may not be really truly casting your cares on him. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. This is a word. Some of you in this room, this is your word for today. The Lord wants to give you sleep. You need to take down these scriptures that I have on here, and you need to proclaim them over your life and your sleep. You need to talk with the Lord about your sleep. You need to say, Lord, am I obeying? Am I procrastinating something that I need to do, and I haven't obeyed you, and delayed obedience is disobedience, and that's why I'm not sleeping? And the Lord keeps waking me up and keeps trying to get me to do and commit and make a plan to do what I'm supposed to do. But outside of that... The enemy has no right to your sleep. The enemy has no right to your rest. And God's perfect love over the believer is sleep, is rest, a restful mind, so that you have a sound mind. Because rest has to do with a sound mind. 
You can go and look on, on research on sleep, sleep disorders, and how it affects functioning during the day and your thought processes and your ability to focus. See, the Lord's will for you is to have sound sleep. Some of us, and I know that there's times, I, I, I've had these times where the Lord wakes us up to pray and there's time for intercession, but the Lord does not steal our sleep and wear us out. Some people, some, sometimes religious people think that you have to wear yourself out for Jesus, forgetting what Jesus said. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Some of us take on, we, t we get in the driver's seat. And that's why we're anxious. We have anxious toil because Jesus isn't in the driver's seat in our life. Carrie Underwood, come on. Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, take the wheel, Jesus. And we got in there and we started driving. And we wonder why we're not having sleep. We need to let Jesus take the wheel again. Let him be the one who is in control of the things in our life. Because he said, Matthew eleven thirty, 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do not believe the deception that you cannot have sleep or rest. You can. Jesus promised it. He purchased it for you. Worship team, come on up here. Today, we're taking down the mountain of deception. Today, we're taking down the mountain of deception, whatever area that we can be deceived. Are you feeling unworthy? Maybe you're, you're, you've been, maybe people, maybe you've had like that false authority in your life that would try to make you feel unworthy for walking in the power and authority that Christ has given to you. And they're, they're after you in that. Like they did to Jephthah, trying to get him to not take the land that God had given to him. Judges eleven twenty four and everything that the Lord our God dispossessed before us, we will possess. You need to say to that false authority, you're gone, you're out of here. Some of you need to close the portholes. Some of you have opened up portholes of the world's ways of thinking in areas of your life. And those portholes need to be closed. You may need to even denounce some things, some agreements that you've made. I just want us to take a moment. I want you just to identify, you know, Lord, is there any deception in my life? Have I closed off the Holy Spirit's voice because I just don't want to hear what he has to say? Maybe I kind of am addicted a little bit to the world's approval. The great divide is happening, people. One foot in, one foot out is going to stop working. We're going into a, a season in this world, in the church, that Christians, believers, followers who have been in and out are going to have to choose. Joshua told the people they would have to choose. Choose you this day who you're going to serve because you can't serve both. And deception would tell you that you can. Listen. Deception would tell you that you can. But you can't. I want you to stand. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You have spoken. We will not reject conviction. 
There is now no condemnation, but there is conviction. And that's what you do, Holy Spirit. You bring us to places so that we become free. We become free of those things that are binding us. You have greater, greater levels of walking in your power, walking in your authority, walking with a sound mind, a mind that's focused on you, a mind that has the mind of Christ, the mind that takes every thought captive and submits it to you, a transformed mind, thereby being renewed. We are renewed by the transformation of our minds. We will not be deceived. We will not walk in deception. We will not walk in bondage to legalism, and we will not walk in bondage to worldly, worldly ways, worldly thoughts, deceptions from the world, marriage to the world, marriage to the thoughts of the world, marriage to the philosophies of the world, the great deceptions that would want to kill, steal, and destroy. You are raising up powerful believers oaks of righteousness, oaks of righteousness in the earth. I just want us, I want you just to, um, if you can, I just want you to lift your hands to the Lord and surrender to him. Because you have two choices. You have the choice to obey and surrender to the Holy Spirit, or you have the choice to harden your heart. Hardened hearts can't receive. Hardened hearts are Teflon hearts. It just doesn't stick. A hardened heart, though, I would have to say, is a dangerous place. Lord, we give you our hearts. We open our hearts. Take away the critical spirit. Take away the offended spirit, Lord. Take away those things that harden my heart. Take away a judgmental spirit. Take away the spirit of the older prodigal son, the older son, who was also a prodigal, but stayed in the house, but didn't know that he could feast on everything. Lord, we don't want to have an offended spirit. We want to have a soft heart towards you, Lord. It's time to arise and shine for the light has come the glory the glory the glory of the lord is risen upon you the glory of the lord is risen upon you the glory of the lord is risen upon you sometimes we open ourselves to deception because we get dry in this present we, we are dry spiritually Dryness comes from probably, a lot of times, inconsistency is spending time with the Lord. And the Lord wants to break off dryness. The Lord wants to change your appetite, to love Him more, to hunger and thirst after Him more, to return to you the first love, the first love of Jesus, nothing else before Him, nothing else before Him, not your comfort zone, not not something you're wanting God to do for you, not wealth, not prosperity, not blessing, not family, not your marriage, not this or that or the other thing, nothing else before him.
Break off, Father. Break off. Come on, let's raise our hands. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Are we checking off a box? No. We're in the presence of the Lord. We're in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. His presence is here. Holy Spirit. If you have if you are one of those that have trouble sleeping like I was talking about, I want you coming down here. Come, 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 come. If you had trouble sleeping, if you have chronic times where you aren't sleeping like you need to, come. Now I know it's happening because the Lord wouldn't have told me. Come on, come down here. Lord wants to give you rest. Done over. Holy Spirit, P Pastor David, I want you to anoint them. I want you to anoint. Now you ask the Lord, is there any portholes that need to be closed? Do, is there anything you need to denounce? Is there anything that you need to obey? Now I'm not saying that there is. It could just be an attack from the enemy. But you need to inquire of the Lord. You inquire of the Lord. We are in the presence of Jesus. We're in the presence of Jesus. We're in the presence of Jesus. We're in the presence of Jesus. In the night, he's with you. In the night, he is with you. In the night, he sings over you the lullaby. The lullaby. He sings over you a lullaby to put you to sleep, to give you rest over your soul. Was I forsaken? The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, drive bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. Come on, those of you that are standing back there, reach your hand. We break off insomnia. We break off confusion in the middle of the night. We break it off. Anxious spirits. that suffer from confusion your mind feels confused you have a hard time with concentration I want you to come down here and if you're already standing down here raise your hand you're gonna get anointed again we're gonna break off the spirit of confusion over you no more confusion no more lack of concentration 
Raise your hand so Pastor David can anoint you. The Lord is in this place. Jesus has given a sound mind. We will not receive the deception. Isn't everything he has dispossessed before us become our possession? It's our possession. It's our possession. It's our possession. A sound mind, restful sleep is our possession. The Lord is real. He's here. He's active. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Lord, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Dry bones you to say something. I want you to say something. Repeat after me. Enemy, I serve you notice. Come on. Enemy, I serve you notice. You do not belong anymore. Come on. You do not belong anymore. I will possess my inheritance. I will possess my inheritance. I will have restful sleep. I will have restful sleep. I will have a clear mind. And when I awake, I will have joy in the morning. Rejoice. Rejoice. You rejoice. Break it off. You break it off. You break it off. You break it off. You break it off. Come on, let's sing a song. You know, it, I, I'm a doctor, not a medical doctor, but I'm a doctor. And here's your prescription. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. So the, the way you're going to have that transformation is you're going you're gonna to have to be people of the word. And when you get into the word, the word's going to get into you. You know, I'd encourage some of you while you're driving, put your phone up and put on a Bible app that reads scripture to you. You know, when you're at home at night, instead of turning on the TV or being online or Facebooking, be FaceTiming, you know, and get in the word and just begin. And, and if you, you need a place to start, start in the Psalms, in Psalms 120s and read through the Psalms and listen to the word of the Lord as it renews your mind. But you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, you know what? Let's just lift our hands and give thanks to the Lord. The other thing that's just on my spirit as we're kind of winding up here. This is always kind of a difficult thing, but if you have any drug usage that you need to lay down, drug usage, this is the time. The Lord's saying, you know, I want to free you. 
I'm just being honest with you. As the Lord says, he wants to free you from that drug, whatever that drug may be, whatever that drug may be. Could be prescription, it could be whatever street, whatever. The Lord saying, I want to free you from dependence on that drug, and I want you to depend on me. And what I'm meaning is the abuse, the abusive use or overuse of a drug. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about maybe, you know, maybe you have to do something for diabetes or something like that. I'm talking about the abuse or overuse. You kind of know you're reaching for it. You kind of know, you know, and I'm starting to reach for something I shouldn't be reaching for. Even alcohol. You know, maybe if I drink this or that before I go to sleep, that will help me. And the Lord's saying, you know what? I want you to lay that at my feet. Lay it at my feet. Lay it at my feet. Lay it at my feet. This isn't just about the crowd up here. This is about the whole church right now. All Everybody that's in this room. I want you to have my thoughts, my mind, a sound mind, not one that is charged up by chemicals of any form. The Lord is in. Come on, you're free. Lord, you came to set us free. Some of us have believed the lie. We believe that we need something outside of you to overuse or abuse. And you're like, you know, you're reaching for that. And the, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. When the Lord says, I'm just going to say it. And it's time. He wants to break that off of you right now. He's breaking it off. If you will give it to him. If you're not going to give it to him, he's not going to break it off. But if you give it to him, he will free you. He will break you it off of you. Give it to him. Break it off. Break it off. Break it off. The Lord is in this place. Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, drive those awaken. The Lord is in this place. It's a new season for you. It's a new season for you. You're going to walk in love and power and a sound mind. You're going to be filled with His Spirit. You're going to walk that way. And you're going to tell, you're going to testify. Your testimony is going to be how you overcome. Your testimony is going to remind you what the blood did for you. The blood did it for you. And you're going to testify. You're going to remind yourself. You're going to remind every demon and devil. You're going to remind the world what Jesus did. That he is the able one. He is real. That's why you testify. And they overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Your Holy Spirit is real. This is not a religious service that we mark on our calendars on Sunday morning. You are real. You are at work. You are moving us. You are pulling us. You are growing us. You are pushing us. You are bringing us. You are birthing things through us and in us. You are empowering us. And we will, Father, obey. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence today. We thank you for your word in your precious holy name. Amen. Why don't you hug one another? God bless you. Prayer teams, if you're available, come and be available for people who want special prayer. 
Prayer teams, come right and left. You're dismissed. God bless you. Love on each other. Encourage one another in the Lord. Amen. Prayer teams.